You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. So we sort of ended here between these two scenes when Val was about to come out to her brother's. They're having breakfast. He's pushing. She wants to go somewhere more uh, quiet to talk in privacy. And so they go and sit by the pool. And he's trying to coax out of her what secret it, that she's keeping that she wants to talk to him about. I think this scene is pretty marvelous because I think it's beautifully representative of that very anxious feeling of, will I be accepted if he knows I'm different to what he thought I was? Yeah, and she's talked about this with Juliana, but this is really building toward the first time she says it to anybody else. And he's given her no reason. They've had a conversation about gay rights previously in the kitchen. He's given her absolutely no reason that he wouldn't be accepting of her, yet it's still so hard for her to say. Macarena Chaga does a wonderful job in this scene of just conveying kind of the confusion and the uncertainty and and you can see how hard it is for her to get the words out in spite of him being comforting and accepting so yeah I, I this is one of my favorite scenes as well she tells him that she's in love with a girl and he says to her, why are you crying there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and I think that that's a beautiful response and I think she chose exactly the right person to come out to for the first time yeah, and he goes, I thought you were going to tell me something more serious. And it never feels like there's any right way to do it. And as a, a queer person or a lesbian, you, know, you tend to have to come out over and over throughout your life. But I think a lot of people remember the first time they said the words out loud to somebody else. So, you know, I, I think that this scene does a really, really great job of capturing the the intensity of that feeling and just the the difficulty of getting the words out there the first time. And they're talking in generalities kind of at this point. You know, she says something about being in love with a woman, but they haven't talked about who it is yet, which they will get to. But now they've kind of dovetailed into Gie asking, you know, what's going on with Lucha, which I think is a very fair question because whether or not he's a jerk, Lucho, not Gie. You know, she is in a relationship with somebody else and he's basically just saying that's not cool to do to somebody. That's not fair if you're not all in on the situation. So I really like that Guille is able to act as a catalyst for what Valentina needs to happen. She's she's getting closer to doing it, but hasn't been able to muster up the courage. But, you know, he's really saying some things that resonate with her, which I think she needed to hear, quite frankly, but hasn't been brave enough to talk about this with anybody else. Everything that's going to happen with Guille in the next couple of scenes is also tainted by him kind of having this clandestine relationship as well. So he's going to start to act kind of as Valentina's hype girl because he's doing the same thing in a different way. And to him, like, secret love is higher on the rung of problems in their family, whether accurate or not, than 
lesbian secret love. So they have this very shared experience they're going through right now, which really allows them to commiserate. And I think siblings, it's easier for you to tell your siblings difficult things than it is to tell authority figures. Well, not Ava. And that's what we're going to see, the juxtaposition coming up between Valentina has two siblings. She and Guille are closer in age. And Ava has taken over the Carvajal Media Empire. And spoiler alert, their reactions could not be uh, more different when when push comes to shove and, and Ava does become a little bit of, of the villain as they're going through this situation. I keep forgetting that Ava exists. I think in my happy little world, she does not. You're going to remember in a couple of episodes. <laughs> you won't be able to forget. Indeed. So one of the wonderful things that he says to her here is he says he feels like she's happier now than she was. And that makes him happy. And I think that that's so beautiful. And then he tempers it with a joke. I won't have to put up with your bad mood anymore. Because uh, he knows it's... And this show does that so well. Serious conversations with a touch of humor. Especially where Valentina and Guille are involved. But he's given her the motivation she needs. So the next scene that we see Valentina in, she's gone back to the school and Lucho, I can't even think of a good metaphor to describe it, but he sees her and he is trying to be all over her. And she's there for a reason. She is there to break up with him. Guille has kind of given her the confidence to do that, not only in kind of validating what she has with Juliana, because she does tell him that's who it is. And he tells her he's very happy for her, but also that she needs to cut this cord with Lucho because it's not fair to anyone in this situation, which is completely accurate. Val walks in, sees Lucio with a bunch of friends, turns around to walk away, and then he sees her. So she sort of chickens out, but he chases after her, comes in for a kiss, and she pulls away from him. He asks, what's the matter with you? And she uses the phrase that no one ever wants to hear, which is, we need to talk. And then she says, please come, and just walks away from him, so he will have to follow her. This conversation, it, it starts out difficultly and I think whether this is a conversation about being queer I think we've all been in these situations where we need to tell somebody something or get space and we don't really want to go into it but we also maybe you're having a really bad mental health day and you need the day off but you don't want to tell your boss what's going on so you're just trying to find like a little bit more of a blanketed way to explain it and that's really what she's doing because she absolutely does not want to come out to him she knows based on all his prior behavior he's going to respond really poorly to it so she uses her father's death as the main reason for this that she's still a mess and he goes into fakely supportive lucho mode he thinks it's something he's going to wait out. That's how he looks at it, that she'll get over this and everything will be fine. Not that she's changed by this experience and a different person, which goes to show you how dumb he is. But <laughs> I digress. But, you know, they're having this conversation and she she tells him that she doesn't want him to wait for her. And she tries to get up and leave. And that's when he grabs her arm and things take a more like sinister old Lucho is back kind of turn. Yeah, he physically restrains her and says to her, you're not leaving until you tell me who you're cheating on me with. Because that's where he goes. He goes to this belief that she's cheating on him with someone. Well, he's he's not wrong. And it actually takes Sergio to intervene and stop him from grabbing her. Yeah. 
But today's episode sponsored by Compulsory Heterosexuality. He cannot believe that, you know, it would ever be the person that she has been spending 99% of her time with since they met. The person that he has consistently butted heads with. He just cannot, there's not a space or the ability in his mind to conceptualize that that's what could be going on. So yeah, he gets really nasty very quickly, lays hands on her twice, once when they're alone and then when they're out in public. And, you know, he didn't really seem to have plans to stop the second time until Sergio pulls them apart. Sergio has flaws. We'll get into them later as they come up a little bit more. But I think in these scenes, he really does try and do right by everybody. He wants Valentina to be safe and Lucho has been his friend for a very long time and I think he sees it uh, as a little bit of his responsibility to like keep Lucho on a leash because Lucho, you know, tends to get what he wants and do what he wants. But yeah, he's just, you know, they really set up Lucho to be a complete jerk and make it really easy to understand like, if these are the two people you're in love with, why you would prefer one over the other, gender aside. She's also really clear throughout, whenever she talks about Lucio, about not being in love with him and not really feeling much for him. Yeah, and I meant that more so from the perspective of the viewer. When you're watching it, like, if you've grown to care about Valentina, which you probably have as a viewer, and Valentina is presented with these two people, one who makes her heart sing and treats her well, and the other who lays hands on her, cheats on her, and dismisses who she is as a person and the experiences she's going through, you know, they make it a really hard conversation if you want to say publicly, I'm still Team Lucho. It's true. They really do a good job of that. So immediately, the first thing Val does after she's broken up with Lucho, she phones Jules. Because why wouldn't you phone your girlfriend and say, all right, it's done, the dirty deed is done, and I have broken up with Lucho. I know, I love it. It's it's so good, you know, when we were watching this in real time, and that scene happens with Lucho, and you're like, oh my god, something, something bad's going to happen. But nope, she immediately goes to Juliana, and tells her that she needs to see her. Can she come by? And Jules kind of has this surprised but excited look on her face. Uh, and is like, obviously, come over here. So they will get to unite and see one another for the first time without this cloud of Valentina already being in a relationship happening. On the phone, Val also says that she was worried that Lucia was going to kill her or something. So he scared her. And now we see uh, the like chauffeur car drive into frame, stop in front of the house where Jules and her mom are currently staying. And you hear the guys talking over the screen. So you see Val getting out of the car, but the guys are talking. And they, I think it's Sergio saying, so you really think this is the dude she left you for his house? Then you see them and they followed her. Yeah. And I mean, again, this all obviously tracks with how they're setting Lucho up. He's making Sergio drive him around town while Lucho drinks because he's so distraught with being broken up with and losing his prized possession, which is truly how he looks at Valentina. So they see that she has gone immediately to Juliana 
and again, a reminder of our sponsor, Compulsory Heterosexuality, like sees them embracing. It's not a romantic embrace, but I think it would have been if Illyrio hadn't been there because they could have snuck a private moment. Uh, but yeah, he just get, cannot even fathom that that would be a possibility. And is just, he's going to say something to the effect of, yeah, it doesn't matter, Sergio, if you found out where Juliana lives, like, we're going to find out this guy that Valentina's cheating on me with. And he almost says that as like a voiceover while they're embracing. And it's just the juxtaposition, I think, is like funny. I He looks like a clown in this scene. And I think he would to all viewers because he's so out of touch with everything that he cannot see what's right in front of him. Now we go to the girls and they're talking about like Jules wants to know. Because this is the thing I love about this, right? They're best friends first. She wants to know. Like, how are you feeling? What happened? Let's talk about this. It's what we do. We talk about everything. Yeah. And Valentina's very honest that he got violent. And then they start having this conversation about, like, can you imagine when our families find out about this? And Valentina admits that she already told Guille. And he responded very, very well. And it's kind of this cute, sweet moment. And we talked about this a couple of episodes ago that... Even if things are confusing and they don't really know how they're going to get through it, initially they never waver on accepting that they have feelings for one another. And this is another one of those conversations very organically displaying that. You know, Juliana, for all of her hesitation, her, you know, what she's talking about is like, can you imagine when people find out about us? Like, that's a foregone conclusion because they're not going to stop doing this and they're not going to stop being together. But while all of that's going on, there's flirting happening between the two of them. There's leaning towards each other. There's lip biting. There's like little hair flick things going on. It's adorable. So you have there's sort of these layers in this particular scene because for the first time, Val and Jules are both free to pursue this relationship. Val is no longer tied down by Lucio, and Jules's mom is out of danger. Right. So there's nothing stopping them right now. Oh yeah, we're going to see smooth Valentina in a couple of seconds here. But foreshadowing, Valentina kind of jokes about Ava when she finds out sending her off to boarding school in Switzerland or something. But they do decide to wait a little bit to tell anybody else. And I think that that's completely fair. But then, yeah, Valentina gets super smooth and says, you know, you're very pretty when you're right, because she agrees with her. And they hug and laugh and, you know, continue walking. But yeah, you're exactly right to the point that this is the the first time they can both really like lean into it. And you see that as we shift into the next scene, which is Valentina and Juliana having like tea or something with Lupe. Valentina just like cannot hold her heart eyes in at all and neither can Juliana they're doing this innocuous thing but everything from you know the way it's shot with kind of behind each of them as they look at one another and then Valentina starts like touching Juliana's hair I love it just a side note Val brought cakes and they're all having cake now Oh, God. And yes, this is this is an important conversation because 
Juliana missed sitting for the exams when her mom was in the hospital for the school that Valentina set her up for. And Valentina didn't know this. And when she finds out, she kind of puts her hand in Juliana's hair and plays with the tendrils like soothingly. And it's like, it's fine. We'll figure it out. And again, they're just, they're making these eyes at each other. It's ridiculous. But I just don't think they know any other way to be. And it's who they were before. But there's, again, to your point of, you know, them both being free to explore this, there's a heightened intensity to their actions. And they've already kissed a couple of times. Their feelings are continuing to grow stronger. Uh, so it's getting harder to hide from other people. Right. And Lupe may not be 100% aware of exactly what's going on, but she's a little suspicious. She, she's watching them with sort of like something funny is going on here. But I think at this point, she probably still thinks that it's a case of Val trying to buy jewels. Yeah, and that's something that I've always struggled with in watching the show. When it's a show, they don't necessarily explain. Like, you understand that the character is looking confused or wary, uh, but maybe they never really tell you what they think it is. It's going on behind the scenes. So... It's fine if Lupe doesn't get that that's what's going on, but I don't know what she could think is going on. That's what I've always been so wildly curious about. Like, what do you think it is then, Lupe, when you've synthesized this information that you have in front of you? What is the conclusion that you've come to? And I've never really gotten a good answer on that. Or what have you deluded yourself into thinking? Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely getting suspicious. But she doesn't know what she's suspicious of. She just knows that something's off. Okay, so it's later now. And so Valentina and Guillet are together in the Carvajal house. And Guillet is telling her that Ava found out about his secret relationship. And he's secretly in a relationship with somebody that works at Carvajal Media. And Mayela, who was his initial love interest, who we met at Guillet's birthday party, is the one that told Ava. So she becomes like a little bit... Uh, she comes up in like one more scene for Juliantina. But right now, Guillet and Valentina kind of have very similar paths that they're on, where they were in these weird love triangles, and Ava's not going to be a fan. So they are thick as thieves right now. And it's Valentina's turn to comfort Guillet because it's been found out and Ava's not happy. And what this scene serves to do for Juliantina is that Guillet's like tried to be diplomatic while still being like, follow your heart. But now he's just like, burn it down. Do what you want. Live your life. You're never going to make some people happy. So this is what he's, you know, telling to Valentina now. Because he's going through the exact same thing. And I think this show does a, a very good job of sometimes what people do is frustrating. But when you look at the context of what that individual character is going through in terms of the advice that they're giving to other people, it always tracks. They may change their mind in a while, but it tracks given the moment that they're giving that advice. This scene also serves to foreshadow what's going to happen to their relationship when Ava finds out. Because if Ava's unhappy about Guillet and his secretary getting together, what's she going to do when she finds out that her baby sister's in a lesbian relationship? Val tells Guillet that she broke up with Lucho and talks about his reaction being really bad. And he got violent 
And he obviously thinks I'm seeing someone else, so he's pushing me to tell him. Which is also foreshadowing that Lucha is just not going to stop. Right. And Valentina literally says that outside factors will stop this relationship before it's even had a chance to start. You know, and I like that even though Valentina is hopeful and optimistic, she's not stupid. She knows. She has these moments where she's willing to admit. I think she just chooses to push on in spite of it. But this is the first thing that she's truly cared about so much that she might lose because of these outside forces. And I think that that's a little bit jarring. But, you know, Guy's response to this is, again, like, he's totally the the burn it down hype girl. He is like, Ava gets in our business. We can't let her win. They do a fist bump. Like, it's amazing. It's like watching two little kids hatch a plan to to do something bad. I Everything about that scene was perfect for me. And it's so nicely shot because they're sitting in front of this big fireplace with a roaring fire in between the two of them. So it's just like the whole burn it down metaphor is framed there for you. (laughs) (laughs) So now we cut away from them. Val is still concerned. You can see it in her face. She knows her sister and she knows Lucia well enough to know that they're not going to stop until something bad happens with her and Jules. Right, and currently Lucho is the immediate fear. Ava, you know, she knows she's going to have a bad reaction, but she can't even conceptualize what that will be. And, you know, maybe a part of her is like, she's so busy with Gia and Renata and being mad at them that I can just fly under the radar for a while. But yeah, her, her pressing immediate, like, my safety is at stake fear is from Lucho and her ultimate, like, Ava could send me across the world to boarding school in Switzerland, fears this bigger cloud hanging over them. So we're just starting to see in this journey for Juliana and Valentina that while they're still moving into these moments of growing, like, deeper in love with one another, multiple clouds are starting to build over them and I think that the show does that really well where you want to see them go through the happy moments but you know that the more happy moments they go through the bigger it sets up the fall that is inevitably coming and they don't sugarcoat that it's laid out very clearly right so at this point if you're watching it for the first time and you're used to the dead lesbian tropes and the lesbians don't get together tropes and stuff you're starting to worry that this is going to be a very short-lived romance i'm going to spoil this for you then and tell you that they actually do get the happy ever after so keep watching it isn't like immediate there's a rocky bit but they do get it and death ships them death is a part of this show and death ships them so if you have death on your side yes actually for the first time, we have death on the correct side. <laughs> I don't know. Side note, I don't know if you saw, but the person who reviewed then and now, she, I said something about how like Bennett, one of the characters, was like Valentina Carvajal. And she goes, what's Juliantina? I was like, oh my God. So we started talking about it and she started watching it. And then she came back and she goes, so death ships them. I was like, you got it. That's it. That's the show. <laughs> I did see. Shame, she's so sweet. So we brought another convert into the Juliantina coven. As it should be. Yeah. (laughs) 
All right, so now we cut to Sergio's driving Lucha around, and Lucha's drinking still. Sergio's like, can you stop drinking? Are they sitting outside her house, Val's house right now? Um, I think they're just sitting... I don't know where they're sitting outside of. But they've ended up at another house or a different part of the property of one of them. And I want to take this quick note to say, so you'll start to see the two of them. They're best friends, so they've been together a lot. But this is really where when stuff is going to happen later in the show, I have conflicting emotions because everything Lucho has always done is self-serving. You know, even if it's being nice to Juliana, it's to get in Valentina's good graces. It's all been orchestrated so that he can come up smelling like roses. In this situation where Sergio is driving him around, you know, I think you could very easily say, because they're getting in a fight right now, because Lucho's calling Sergio a bad friend for not being willing to do this with him until they find out who this person that Valentina is cheating with is. And you could say, like, Sergio should just leave his butt and go let Lucho chill out. But Lucho's drinking. He would very possibly get behind the wheel of a car. I think Sergio is trying to keep everybody safe. And there's also this part of him, I think, that really fears what Lucho would do if he found Valentina with somebody else. So he feels like it's his responsibility to be there and kind of manage or control Lucho if this happens. And again, you know, that's never articulated very clearly. That's kind of my supposition on like what I'm seeing. But I do think in this moment, like I will give props to Sergio for trying to keep everybody as safe as possible because being trapped in that car with an angry Lucho seems like a fate worse than death at this point. And so Lucho turns on him when Sergio wants to leave. Sergio's bladder's full, his legs are cramping, he's been driving around for hours, this is boring for him, It's his friend is sitting in the car drinking and complaining the whole time, poor Sergio cannot be having a good time, and Lucio turns on him and starts going on about how terrible he is, and how he's, you know, I would do this for you, and Sergio rolls his eyes and rubs his forehead and is like, oh, please somebody save me from this. Yeah. Lucho's just a bully. So we don't really know what house they were hanging out at. Apologies. Uh, it's somewhere that they've landed on their stakeout where they believe Valentina or her love to be. But then it flips over. And this is the first scene that we've seen with Juliana in a while. Because we've had back-to-back scenes in the Juliantina story of Val and what she's going through. And we did get the one where Val came to Juliana, but then the boys, you know, running around. But that was all centered around Valentina and her experience. So now we're jumping back into Juliana's story, which revolves around Panchito is over at the house right now doing something. I can't quite tell what that is. He's fixing something. Yeah, so he is in the living room uh, tinkering around with something. And for Juliana, first rule, if you're going to have a secret relationship, like you carry your phone everywhere. This is rookie rookie mistake uh i'm not advocating for that but it's like it you know rule number one and she's not even cheating with anybody she just doesn't want other people to know so her phone is laying on this table next to panchito uh and it goes off and he calls her he just looks over sees that it's uh, there's a message calls her and goes back to fixing whatever it is that he's fixing panchito is a 
a nice guy. Then as she walks in, he hears her, picks up the phone distractedly, sort of hands it over to her. She looks at the message, sees it's from Valentina, who says, I can't stop thinking about you. Smooth Valentina. It's my girl. And we know that. We know that Panchito didn't look at it. But again, we're starting to build to that this point in the story where there's this constant fear of them being found out because they have solidified this, you know, this attraction or want to be together. So we know because we're in the room as the viewer with Panchito. But Juliana doesn't know when she walks in and she's very, very thrown and in my opinion, does not get the chance to appreciate that sweet message from her lady love because she goes into to protection mode and kind of grilling Panchito on whether he looked at the message or not. And so he looks a little bit kind of picked on. Uh, I didn't. I didn't read the message. Of course not. And she doesn't believe him and does the teenage thing of like stalking out of the room, you know, in that grump. I think every teenager on earth. So it's like a, you like drop your shoulders and she'll do this later when there are higher stakes. She like drops her shoulders and kind of tilts her head back a little and just like, and you know, it's, yeah, it's the full body sigh. And then, yeah, just like stalks out. It's so, she plays it so well. They do really well with each of the characters having uh, mannerisms that, persists throughout the the entirety of the show that really lend to to getting drawn in as jules is walking out her mother's walking in and mom looks at her and goes like what what is going on and jules just you know disappears off panchita looking at lupe with these big eyes like i don't know she got a message i handed her a phone she thought i read it but that is enough to get mom thinking there's something going on he says to her, maybe she's dating someone. And then Lupe's first reaction is no. And then you can see the cogs turning. Hang on. And this, so this conversation matters in the construct of uh, Lupe and Panchito, though, because he turns an innocuous conversation about the fact that Juliana might be dating somebody into a conversation about everybody having secrets. You know, I think it's lost on most Juliantina fans because like we don't care about their story. Um, but he knows that Lupe has been hiding something from him, which is the fact that she ran into Al Chino in one of his forms or is starting to come around to that idea. So it's it's not really important for the overall story but I thought that that was important to mention if you're watching it maybe didn't pick up on that you know he's saying everybody has secrets even you but leaves it at that because he's not very conflict oriented but then we move away from them to our baby Valentina who's sitting by the pool just ruminating on their first kiss uh, we get about five seconds of that in a flashback before a drunken Lucho stumbles in like Somebody needs to bar him from the property, but he comes in metaphorical guns blazing. I want to point out, though, that the kiss is a much more direct shot than what we saw when we saw it initially. It's a sort of a more head-on shot. It's a different shot. Yes. Previously, they panned so that when they actually started kissing, it was kind of hidden. Yeah. In her flashback, like, you see it a lot better. Because in the context of the show, this is now a while later, a couple of episodes later, they've gotten their feedback already from the initial kiss, and it wasn't as terrible as they thought it would be, so they can now show a little more. 
I mean, they've had three kisses at this point. They had the kiss in the pool, the kiss in the car, and the kiss on the ottoman in the house. Right. You add a little kiss counter. I gotta be. I made enough fan videos to know exactly where everything is. Uh, so Lucha comes in. Oh my god, I hate him. <laughs> I love that we both just started that with a resound, uh. So Lucha comes in, grabs Valentina, who's sitting on the side of the pool, grabs her and pulls her up, and he's sort of shaking her. He's being very violent with her as he's yelling at her about who she's cheating on him with. And Sylvina and, uh, what's this dude's name? Uh, Hakabo. Both run in, stop Lucho. So what's interesting for me about this whole thing is her father, who's in... Okay, so we're going to have to do this again. Okay, Valentina's father's soul came back in Juliana's father's body. Right, and he is now pretending to be this chauffeur named Hakabo, who, so she doesn't know that this is her father, but we know he's her father, right? And he walks in and he interrupts this whole thing, but he doesn't tell Sylvina to take Lucia off the property. He's not upset. What he's saying to Sylvina is go get the boy some coffee because he's drunk. And that irritated me to no end. And I get that he knows this kid and he's probably known him for many years, but if somebody treats your daughter that way. Yep. And there will be a couple more scenes because yeah, Lucho is a a tough one to get rid of like that, where I just cannot even believe that they give him the time of day and we'll get into it. It really frustrates me. It seems like the only like Hakabo only really takes a stand when he gets offended by what Lucho says, not when Lucho is saying derogatory or offensive things toward Valentina. So, you know, he has much more of a, a redemption arc and is definitely considered one of the good guys, Hakabo. But yeah, for sure does certain like machissimo type things that I disagree with wholeheartedly. And it really, yeah, rubbed me the wrong way as like a an aware viewer. Yeah, that really just made me upset with him. How do you how do you let somebody treat your daughter this way? Well, and I think it's just a a conversation of perspective that what we consider physical abuse, they consider passion. His heart is broken, he's acting out, you know, it it is very much uh I think a cultural line in some places on what is accepted. And I, I think it's just, you know, they, they, it's not seen the same way. The same as like, you look at two girls fawning over one another and you're like, Oh, that can't be anything other than close friendship. It's just a, a perspective on the situation. So I don't agree with it. I'm not going to pretend that I agree with it, but yeah, I think it's, it's different. And I think that I try and keep that in mind every time I watch this, that this was made for a Mexican viewer and not a, you know, a American lesbian. So (laughs) I think all things, you know, considered they do a really good job, but yeah, there are certainly some things that irk me throughout the storyline so now we cut back to jules and she's sitting with her mother and i think they're prepping dinner and they're talking about death 
and Lupe saying, don't you feel like there's something after death? And Jules brings up Val's theory on life after death type stuff. And Lupe is now pondering the great unknown. Because she's obviously at this point met Beltran. Yeah, and it still it very much sets the scene that Juliana is just like, no, there's nothing after death. And from her perspective, you know, she supports Valentina, but she thinks that Valentina is just looking for a way to cope with her father's death, which already makes her 8 billion more times aware than Lucho, but it's not the point. <laughs> kind of the I just point. had to get kind that of in the there. <laughs> he's, well, he's going to do some really crappy things coming up, and I'm, yeah, I mean, they're obviously overtly bad but yeah, this is, so we jump to, we'll get to them in just a couple of minutes, but we jump to a scene with Valentina and Hakobo slash her father. And I don't love how he behaves in this scene. That, you know, Valentina is very upset, but he is kind of coming at it from a perspective. And this is another great example of a character giving advice based on what they're going through because he's seeing all these things as like the patriarch of the family, but in a different body. So he's developing this relationship again with his wife who had him killed and meeting all of his children again. So he's imploring Valentina to know that every time you're having feelings, there's somebody on the other side of the conversation who's also having feelings that maybe you don't understand. But I don't think that that's great advice to give. I think that's the advice he has to give because of his own perspective right now, but I don't like that that's where he took things. Especially considering that he actually knows about Jules. He saw them kissing. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. It's a great point. So his reaction here is very centered around how she needs to be nice to Lucho and realize Lucho's got all these feelings, but he's ignoring the fact that She's going through a lot of stuff and she's actually his daughter and she should be his first priority. Yeah, he does start crying because he's very like overcome with emotion almost. And what that, you know, ultimately leads to doing is them having an embrace in the pool area. Uh, and he even says something about like, you know, I'm going to talk to you as if a, a father would talk to their child. So it's just this like overt it's not even foreshadowing. We know who he is kind of deal. He is not team Lucho, but he's like, hey, be understanding, blah, blah, blah until then. And then it's only when Lucho comes back in from wherever they had wrangled him and he got free. Like at this point, I just see him as like a barnyard animal. So he has gotten, he's going to get back into the pool area while they're kind of doing this embrace together loses it and accuses Valentina of cheating. And this is where things kind of go off the rails and Hakobo gets like very stoic and gives gives him like this menacing look like very much I am the the patriarch of this family kind of deal without saying that because he can't he's the chauffeur. But that's really the only time that he starts to lose patience with Lucho when he is personally threatened and I really didn't like that. Like I get why that happened, but yeah, I just thought it was kind of weak. 
Richard comes in and the first thing he says is, with the chauffeur, you're cheating on me with the chauffeur. Like, it's not bad enough you're cheating on me with someone, but with someone so lowly. Yeah, he looks crazy. He's, like, his hair is a mess. And, yeah, he's just throwing jabs right and left. And there's, so, Hakobo is developing this thing with the stepmom, which is important because there's this very confusing situation going on where Lucho is accusing Hakobo and Valentina of having a relationship. And that doesn't work for the stepmom because she's entering into a relationship with him. So she very diplomatically is like, why do you think this? What's going on? And then this is where Hakobo kind of steps in and he gets very stoic and is like you shouldn't be like this it speaks poorly of you do you understand me and I think this scene is a little strange because he basically is making these decisions for the family when he is a chauffeur like imagine Illyrio or somebody else like interjecting themselves into a family situation like this I don't think it would ever be tolerated but it is and I think that maybe I'm missing the fact that that's kind of intentional like the family is accepting like because his soul is so strong accepting him back into this like role in the family because it had been missing it but then he leaves he makes this little stoic speech and then says uh to I think it's Tiberio walk him out um and then leaves poor Val to now deal with Lucio who's still standing there Right. And I again, that's one of those things that I think is really messed up in this scene. Um, I, yeah, I don't know why he would do that. You know, I get that Valentina's a young adult and maybe he wants to let her make her own choices. But yeah, it's very mixed messaging. Uh, but it's obvious from what he did say before that he thinks that the two of them need to talk. And apparently it's, you know, completely fine to talk when you're wasted while somebody's screaming at you. But yeah, I am not his his biggest fan in those scenes. Val steps up and says, Lucha, I think you should go. And Lucha goes on at her again about, you know, sleeping with a chauffeur and you've sunk so low. And then he threatens her just before he leaves saying, you're not going to get away with this. Yeah, and... You know, I think even in the last couple of years, society has gotten better with this idea that no is a full answer that doesn't require a further explanation. I think when you're talking about relationships, even though Lucho is a monster, I get this idea that being with somebody for so long and them just saying no and shutting the door is very, very hard. So I get why he is resistant to that, but I respect immensely Valentina just being like no and you need to leave and part of it is because you know she doesn't want to have the conversation but he's toxic he's probably never going to realize he's toxic and the best thing that she can do is shut him out and just send him on his way and continue to do that which is a really hard line to hold with somebody as pushy as him so I think that this show does a really really good job of capturing the difficulty of a situation like that and that could not have been an easy set of sequences for her to film because the the emotions ranged so much from like, you know, joy at thinking about her budding relationship with Jules through to anguish, fear, anger. There was a huge range in that little bit that we watched now. Yeah. 
So now we see Val on the phone and she's talking to Jules and she's telling Jules like what happened this afternoon. Oh no, something about shooting. Who got shot? Yeah, somebody got shot. And then to top it off, she's saying Lucho caused a scene because he was drunk and he thinks that I'm going out with the chauffeur. And Juliana kind of laughs and is like, you mean Illyrio? Because she's never met Hakobo. Because Hakobo is in the body of her father. So they're just having this weird conversation valentina is very honest with what was going on that you know hakabo gave her a hug she gets like a little bit more honest and vulnerable and she says i feel like since my dad died i haven't been able to catch a break so val gets very uh, uh vulnerable with jules and jules immediately wants to come and take care of her and then the doorbell rings so they put down the phone so the jewels can go onto the door. Right. And so what it actually is, is, you know, they want to be together. And Juliana says, I would love to be there, but I can't leave my mom alone. So we don't see, you know, who's at the door, but that's kind of where the scene ends with them being like, hey, we want to be able to to get back to one another and spend time, but not knowing kind of when that will be. And again, all of these peripheral ideas of Juliana having to be there with her mom um, and all of this death and kidnapping in Valentina and Juliana's family. So it's a lot. They do a really good job for a very innocuous scene of, again, just laying the foundation for the two of them wanting to be together. But there's all of these big external factors that seem to constantly get in the way. And then the next thing we know, the doorbell rings. And Val comes rushing into the foyer, looking very excited, opens the door, and Jules is there. And Jules says, it was Panchito at the door, and he said he could look after my mother. And that is where we're going to end today's episode. Because what happens next? Oh, it's just lovely. Awesome. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Very socially active online. Uh, Just depends on what channel. Uh, So Twitter is my jam if you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back so it's at Monica McCallan and that's on Twitter I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website www.monicamccallan.com but for sure if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff Twitter is where you can find me thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.